Welcome to another edition of The Boldness. My, my name's Phineas Mead. Joining me, as he usually does, is Raphael Kalip. Hello, Raphael. Good afternoon, Finn. The virologist is in the studio. How are you doing? I'm very well. Well, now, before we should continue, we should say, of course, The Boldness is all about grabbing your human rights, not just w waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. Now, joining us, we have a guest, Raphael. Yes, we have got Kirsten Dean, the campaign manager of Every Australian Counts. Welcome to the boldness, Kirsten. Thank you very much, Finn and Raphael. Thank you for having me. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for being here. Now, um, what, what does Every Australian Counts uh, do? What sort of advocacy do they provide? Uh, great question, Finn. So Every Australian Counts basically started back in 2011. And basically it was started around that time, people started talking about the idea of a national disability insurance scheme. Um, and everybody agreed that the idea for the NDIS sounded like a fantastic one. They all agreed that it sounded like it would really change things for people with disability in this country, but they also knew that it would such a big complex thing would never get up without a fight. So basically everybody came together um, and Every Australian Counts was born. So it's not an advocacy organisation like some people might know advocacy organisations, it's actually a campaign. So it started in 2011. Um, and just in a couple of really short years, um, amassed hundreds of thousands of supporters from all around the country. People with disability, their family members, people who worked in the disability sector, who all came together and said, yep, it's time for a fair go for people with disability in this country. Um, and then um, were so successful in what they did, built so much political and public support for the NDIS, that the NDIS was introduced a couple of years later in 2013. Um, and every Australian Council is a little bit unusual in that usually when people campaign for something and they win, everybody just usually goes, yay, um, and packs up and goes home. Um, but because the NDIS was such a big complex reform and because it was rolling out over such a long period of time, everybody stayed really engaged with how the scheme was rolling out and how it was operating. Um, which proved to be a really important thing because particularly in the last couple of years, we've really ramped up our activities um, and, and our campaigning to really say, hey, the NDIS is not working as well as we all wanted to. There are lots of people out there who are getting uh, support um, and that's great, but it's not working really well for everyone. And so we want that to change. 
So that's basically what we do through every Australian Counts. We let people know what's happening with the NDIS and then we basically provide a platform for people to talk about their experiences with the scheme, what's working, what's not, and what they want to see change. What, what, it, what do people want, want to see changed? Oh, how long have you got, Finn? <laughs> um, so so I, I have to say, though, that um, uh, this isn't everybody's experience. We do hear from uh, lots of people with disability and their families who are getting great support um, from the NDIS, and I don't ever want to lose sight of that. It's why we fought for the scheme uh, in the first place. We hear from lots of people that the support that they get from the NDIS really has changed their life, and that's awesome because that's why we all fought for it uh, in the first place. Um, and it's also worth remembering there's about um, 400,000 people uh, in the NDIS now and just over a third of those um, are people who never got support before. So under state and territory schemes, they never got any support before. So um, it's, it is worth remembering the good things um, about the NDIS. Um, but there's a but, <laughs> and the but is it really isn't working well for everyone. And even people um, who are getting good outcomes from the scheme still talk to us about the kinds of problems that they're having. Um, and I would say the main issues that we hear about at Every Australian Counts are how complicated the scheme is, and how complex it is and how hard it is uh, to navigate through, how bureaucratic it is, how much time uh, everything takes. Um, and then we hear a lot about, about um, given all of those things, there isn't a lot of support to help people navigate their way through. So they really feel like uh, they're on their, on their own, trying to navigate this incredibly complicated, complex, bureaucratic, uh, scheme. And then I think we also hear from uh, people with disability and their families that um, they'd not only like the scheme to be simpler and easier to navigate, but they want to have a better relationship with the NDIA, which the NDIA is the National Disability Insurance Agency, and that's the agency that runs the scheme. And pretty much people tell us that they feel like they're in quite an adversarial relationship with the NDIA. Um, but what they'd actually much more likely to, to have a much more positive relationship. They'd like the NDIA to listen to them about what their problems are and then uh, start fixing those things up. So I would say that um, they're most um, of the kind of issues that people have, how complex everything is, how much time it takes, how hard it is to work your way through and how adversarial, um, how combative the scheme has got. People really have to feel like they have to fight really hard to get the support they really need. And that's exactly the opposite of why we fought for the scheme in, in the first place. So people are pretty frustrated by that. Do you think there's a willingness on behalf of the government and the NDIA to listen to people? Um, I think that's a hard question, um, Finn, and the reason that I think it's hard is that I do talk to people at the NDIA, um, and there are some great people in there, and they do want to, they do want to listen, um, but I think sometimes they're, um, they're hamstrung by a couple of things. First of all, I think they're hamstrung by um, the uh, systems that they've already set up, um, and then I think that also um, they're, 
uh, I don't think there's enough um, people in there who have enough lived experience of disability. Um, and given that there's not enough people in there who I think have enough lived experience of disability, I think it's even more important that they li listen to people with disability and their families on the ground. Because what I see happening is that um, they identify a problem and then they come up with what they think is a solution to the problem. And then when it hits us, people with disability and their families, we all look at it and go, but that's never going to work. Like that's never going to work on the ground. And I look at it and I go, and if you'd asked people with disability and their families first, before you came up with your whiz bang solution, we all would have told you that. So we could have saved a whole lot of time and a whole lot of grief if we'd road tested things with people with disability and their families first. So I see some good things, some good seeds of that starting to happen. The, um, for example, the agency has just started a new um, uh, project at the moment called Participant First, where they're going out to people with disability and their families and asking and road testing some of their things before um, they introduce them. Um, and that's still re reasonably small at the moment, but I see that as a really good sign that the agency is trying to listen to people with disability and their families more. So is that type of scheme, is that going to be, is that going to be rolled out, do you think? Or Look, I think um, it is, it's getting rolled out at the moment and it's small at the moment, but I hope that it will get bigger. Um, but I would say, Finn, there's a but, you know, um, there's a but at my end of, <laughs> at the end of my sentence. And I would say that in the last month, um, I see some good signs um, there, but I also see some things that really um, uh, not only trouble me, but really trouble people with disability and their families. And, and I would, the example that I would point to is that in the last month, the NDIA and the Minister for the NDIS, Stuart Robert, have made an announcement about a change to the NDIS that is uh, going to be the biggest change um, that's going to, has been made to the scheme since it started all the way back in 2013. Um, and that change is, is the introduction of compulsory assessments um, for new and existing NDIS participants. And that change um, is being introduced without talking to people with disability and their families first. And so I would say that I see some good signs about some things in the agency, but the big issue at the moment with the introduction of assessments, that hasn't been done with people with disability and their families. Um, and we talk to lots of people and lots of people are pretty angry and frustrated about that. So what, 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 is, what are these new independent functional assessments? Uh, so what they, what the Minister for the uh, NDIS and the agency have announced is from February next year, everybody who wants to apply um, to, uh, for the support from the NDIS, so what the agency calls accessing the NDIS, will have to go through one of these independent assessments. And basically what they will be is that the NDIA are going to pay a whole bunch of um, basically allied health professionals, people like psychologists or speech therapists or OTs. And those uh, allied health professionals are going to be paid to do assessments using um, uh, a number of standardised tools that have been used to do assessments um, for a long period of time. Um, uh, and that will be the evidence that is given to the NDIA to determine whether you can get 
um, access to the scene and get support um, from the scheme. So that's going to be introduced from February next year. And then from July, um, all existing NDIS participants um, are going to have to go through one of these functional assessments when they have um, a review of their plan. So it's going to take a while, obviously, to get through all 400,000 uh, existing participants. So the NDIA have said they're going to start with people who are having plan reviews at big life changes, you know, things like moving out of home or leaving school. But gradually, every single existing NDIS participant will have to have one of these assessments done um, uh, by an allied health professional using one of these um, tools that are that is in the toolkit. And these proposed assessments are only supposed to until well these assessments are only supposed to last between one to four hours, and they're with uh, they're also so with um, people who are unfamiliar with unfamiliar with the person with a disability and their circumstances. That's right, Finn. So what the NDIA are going to do is that they are going to pay a panel of these um, allied health professionals um, and you will, uh, you will be able to choose from this panel um, who you want uh, to, to do your assessment, but it won't be able to be um, anybody who's known to you. Um, so it won't be able to be, you know, someone that you already work with. You know, for example, if you already see a speech therapist, it won't be able to be um, somebody that you already uh, work with. Um, and the uh, average time that these assessments will take will be somewhere between one and four hours. But that will also include um, writing up the reports um, that the allied professionals have to do. So it's not very long. Um, and the reason we know um, a bit more about this is that the government have already gone out to tender um, asking for um, allied health professionals to do um, these assessments. And we know from the information that was in the tender document about how long um, these assessments are likely to take. So, um, and in some cases, they might spend as little as 20 minutes um, with the person with uh, disability. Um, and so the questions that people have been asking us at Every Australian Counts is, um, how's that all going to work? You know, how could you possibly get a really good idea of what my life um, and, my, and um, the kind of supports I need um, in such a short period um, of time? Um, and people are also obviously really concerned about having to do it with a complete stranger, somebody who well, doesn't Thanks very know. much, Kirsten. We'll take some community announcements and... We're going to play an introducing new segment called Lots of Stars, and we'll be back talking with Kirsten Dean, campaign manager for Every Australian Counts after the community announcements and Lots of Stars. The Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. During October, the Commons Library is running a crowdfunder 
to help keep its collection updated and free to the public. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. Hi, this is Loz of Stars, where Loz will give reviews of movies or TV shows that are on at the cinemas or are streaming on your digital device. Hi Loz, what movie are you going to review today? Today's movie is about Ted Bundy, America's worst serial killer, called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Wow, gee, that's a long title. Well, who's the cast in that movie, Loz? Zac Efron as Ted Bundy and Lily Collins as Liz Kendall. It co-stars Haley Joel Osment from The Sixth Sense, Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory and John Malkovich. Who directed and produced this film, Lauren? Directed by Joe Berlinger and also produced by Zac Efron. Ted Bundy was probably America's worst serial killer. He confessed to over 30 rapes and murders, but the police think it's more than 100. Okay, Lodz, tell us a little about the story of the film. The movie tells Bundy's story from his girlfriend's point of view. It takes us through his many trials and his two escapes from custody, and up to his execution by electric chair in Florida in 1989. What did you most like about the movie, Loz? He's such a good liar and con man. You are in doubt if he's innocent or guilty until he eventually confesses just before his death. Also, all the acting was excellent, especially Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. Is there anything you disliked about the movie, Lauren? Nothing. I thought it was a really great movie. So what do you rate it, Lauren? A solid 8 out of 10 stars. Thanks for tuning in to Lots of Stars. Our next review will be Ford versus Ferrari. Welcome back. Our guest tonight is Kirsten Dean, campaign director at Everest Australian Counts. So we're talking about the NDIS and functional assessment, independent functional assessments. What things people suggesting that they would like to see change with this announcement? I think it's pretty simple, Finn, is that um, people are, uh, I guess they're worried about two things. Um, I think the first is um, they, they, they're they worried that this the introduction of this um, is really just um, a pretty sneaky kind of way to try and limit um, access to the scheme. And then once people are in the scheme, trying to limit the amount of support that people can get. Um, and I guess the second issue is is related to our kind of earlier discussion is that this is the biggest change to the NDIS um, uh, that's been made since the scheme was started. And it's been done without talking to people with disability uh, and their families first. Um, and so I think people have both issues with what's being um, uh, introduced, but also how uh, it is being introduced. Um, this is being 
this is going to start in ne next year. Um, and it's being done without um, it being tested with people with disability and their families. So there was a very small pilot um, of this that was run back at the end of 2018 um, and into 2019. And there was going to be a much bigger pilot, a much bigger trial um, of, of this starting at the end of last year, but it got called off because of COVID. Um, and then all of a sudden uh, in September, um, the minister announced that this was going to be introduced next year. So it's going to be introduced um, really fast. And I think, like I said, I think people's biggest problems with it are um, they don't know how it will work for them. In fact, there's a bunch of people who said it won't work for them at all. They don't um, think that it will accurately capture what their support needs are. Um, and then I think there's a bunch of people who are also really angry about how it is being introduced. You know, people with disability and their families really fought hard for the introduction of the NDIS. And they really have a really strong sense of ownership of the scheme. Um, and that is a really good thing. Um, it is a really good thing. Um, and so people want it uh, to succeed. Um, but when things like this happen, and they're introduced without talking to people with disability and their families first, it, it really undermines confidence uh, in the scheme. And it makes, frankly, people really angry. They feel the scheme really does belong to them and they wanna say in how it is being run. Um, and with this announcement, that's not what's happened. So is, is there any, any way that people, people with disabilities and their families can, make their voices heard against this. I, I know that there was a, a social media campaign earlier in, uh, uh, in fact, last month, uh, the NDIS crawl, which um, I guess was one way people could voice their dissatisfaction with uh, independent functional assessments. Um, is there, is there, there are any other ways people can can uh, voice their dissent? Yeah, well, what we've been encouraging to do is let the minister know um, uh, how you feel. So we've been encouraging people to uh, contact the minister, particularly email the minister and let him know what their um, concerns uh, are and what um, what they think uh, should be done. So we're, I would really encourage people um, uh, to do that, to really let the minister know. Um, if you don't think this will work for you and this is not the way you think the NDIS um, uh, should should run, then the minister is the is really the person who needs to who needs to hear that. Um, and I also think that we also need to send a message uh, to the minister that, about how this happened. There's the, you know, um, people are really worried that this is just going to add an extra hoop, an extra level of complexity, an extra level of kind of, you know, um, uh, something they have to jump over before they get the support um, that they really need. And one of the reasons we all fought so hard for the NDIS was to reduce the fact that you had to keep proving that you needed support and telling your story over and over and over again. And people are really worried that these all these independent assessments are going to do is introduce another hoop and another barrier to people getting what, what they need. Um, there is a problem, Finn, I have to say, with um, 
there's an equity problem in, in people trying to access the NDIS. Um, but, I'm, but, you know, what people tell us is they don't think that this is the way to fix it. Now, Kirsten, who is the minister? The minister? The minister for the NDIS is, is Stuart Robert. Um, and so you can either uh, Google him um, or, and you can find his contact details or um, we've got everything you need on the Every Australian Counts website. We've got his email address and we've actually even got an email that um, uh, you can send to him or you can add your own details and, and send it as well. But yes, Stuart Robert is the member for the NDIS. Would, uh, is it similar? Because I guess if people get rejected um, or they do the assessment and get re rejected for for the, the NDIS or they're a participant and then they and then they they uh, they also uh, get off the scheme because they're not deemed as eligible uh, they go back onto the the disability support pension and that is very that's the eligibility for that is uh, very difficult also. So people are kind of stuck in limbo, aren't they? Yeah, so we, I would say two things. The first is we want to make sure that people who need support get it. And so we want to make sure that um, there's a fair process for people uh, to get access to the um, NDIS. And we want to make sure who people who, who with disability who really need support actually get it. And then once you're in the scheme, we want to make sure that people um, uh, get the support um, that they need and don't have to jump through to, you know, silly hoops to get it. Um, and so they're the fundamental pr principles of kind of how the NDIS um, should work. We need people with disability need to get the support they need to get out and do the stuff that they want to that they want to do. Um, the connection with the with the disability support pension, Finn, is that um, you also have to go through assessments mm. to get that. And that's got a long history of people getting kicked off that through these independent assessments. And it's why the idea of assessment makes people with disability um, and their families so worried because um, successive governments, not just this one, but a, uh, there's a long history of governments using assessments like this to try and limit the amount of support that people get. Okay, well, thanks very much, Kirsten Dean, for joining us on The Boldness. Now, what's the best way to get in contact with Every Australian Counts? Uh, you can find us on the, on the website, so everyaustraliancounts.com.au. Well, thank you very much, Rupert. The Boldness has been talking with Kirsten Dean, Campaign Manager at Every Australian Counts. Thank you very much, uh, Finn. Keep listening to 3CR with Completed by Lovely. The Boldness will be back on the 18th of November 2020, analysing the federal budget from a disability perspective. We're going out with a song. It's complicated by the Hackett's. Thank you very much. And keep listening because the revolution has started. Goodbye. Received at 5.59 p.m. Yeah, I need space.